Hi, my name is Alexander Angelikis, and you are listening to the Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. Hi, Stephen. This is Emily Proctor calling you. Hi, Stephen. It's Melissa Anderson calling you. Mr. Brittingham, this is Bill Duke. How are you, sir? Stephen, this is Patrick Duffy. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. Your home for meaningful and in-depth interviews. For more guest and show news, please visit HollywoodBeyond.net. Hey, Supernatural fans. This is Carrie Gonzell inviting you to join me for Creation's Supernatural Convention in Arlington, Virginia, this coming August 12th through 14th. I will be there along with all of your favorite Supernatural stars. Join me for a free screening of Just My Imagination. I will be hosting along with the hilarious Nate Torrance, who plays Sully. There will be autographs, photo ops, a karaoke night, and so much more. Get your tickets at creationent.com. Don't miss out. Get yours today. Hello, this is Anna East Eden. Have a question or comment for Stephen? You can send them anytime to the show's official email address, hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. My special guest today is someone I am truly honored to have visit me here on Hollywood and Beyond podcast. Hi there, friends and listeners. I am your host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittingham. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Military veteran and actor Alexander Angelikas is my guest today. Amazon Prime's hottest new series is The Terminal List, starring Chris Pratt, based on the best-selling book by Jack Carr. Alexander appears in this engrossing conspiracy thriller, as Cody Smitty Smith, a former Navy SEAL now serving as a member of the FBI's elite hostage rescue team, which is charged with executing extremely dangerous law enforcement missions. This action thriller takes viewers on an emotional journey, as Lieutenant Commander James Reese portrayed in a strong performance by Pratt, watches his entire Navy SEAL platoon ambushed on a daring mission, only to return home with the realization that dark and corrupt forces are conspiring against him. Investigations are still ongoing into the failures of Operation Odin Sword. Failed missions resulted in the death of 12 Navy SEALs. Lieutenant Commander James Reese, can you outline the details of your mission? They knew we were coming. According to the audio logs, you and Dark on comms roughly four mics in. Why? That's not how it went down. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Headaches, paranoia, memory confusion. Daddy! We're gonna get through this, okay? 
Don't tell me what happened. Somebody fed us bad intel. This is set up. If I'm right, we need to act on this. I need names. If there's a connection to you and your men, I'll find it. Answers or blood? Blood. Where's James Reese? Is it Trigger Fugitive is a Navy SEAL? There's a bunch of people tracking you right now, so just lay low. I have 12 men flying home in caskets right now. Bart. This is personal. Oh, you wanted in on the fray. Now, you're in the battlefield. There's evil in this world, the likes of which you can't possibly imagine. James. Take Lucy, get her out of the house now. Alexander will be sharing his contributions to the terminal list, as well as his own personal artistic journey. Is there a problem? All due respect, sir. I know Commander Reese. I served with him in the SEAL teams. Guy's a legend. Total patriot. This is completely out of character for him. What's your name? Smitty. Your total patriot set off a bomb and executed a man on the streets of San Francisco. He's being treated for traumatic brain injury and possible brain tumor. This is not the James Reese you remember. It really is an honor to have him here. Welcome to the show, Alexander. Hey, Stephen. Thanks so much for having me, brother. I really appreciate it, man. And I'm, I'm truly excited to be here, man. Thank you so much. Welcome to the show. As I previously mentioned, this is an honor to have you on the show. Um, I'm here in Cincinnati, Ohio, my hometown. Where are you joining me from today, by chance? I, I'm I'm in Los Angeles, California. <laughs> and is it sunny there, maybe? Um, you know, <laughs> I actually have not looked outside the window yet, but gotcha. I hope so. <laughs> There's a good chance it might be. I mean, you, ha you have some cloudy days, but there's still a good chance of some sunshine. Well, uh, thank you yeah. so much for joining me today. And uh, let me just say congratulations up front um, on your appearance uh, on this series and your contributions. Um, I thought you did an excellent job, and I'm really looking forward to um, learning more about it today. I, I really appreciate that, brother. Thank you, man. It, it, Truly, truly means more than you know, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let me mention up front that you honorably served eight years in the United States Marine Corps, served eight years and finished multiple deployments and also a tour in Iraq. Um, let me just say thank you for your amazing service to this country. I, I, I really appreciate that, but that, that really means a lot, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it, was, uh, it was an honor to be of service, man. So, thank you. You are most welcome. <laughs> you are appreciated. Thank you. And from what I understand, you credit your mother for your introduction to acting, to performing. Would you mind sharing the story behind that? 
Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> it was definitely a lot of my mom, but it was, uh, I would say, a little bit of my aunt, a little bit of my grandmother there, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, my... <laughs> My, my upbringing was, um, I mean, to, I guess to, to, to put it mildly, like, you know, not like the greatest, um, you know, things were a little bit, you know, things were a little bit rough growing up since I was a kid. Um, and because of that, you know, uh, I had a lot of energy and I guess I was, I was not putting that energy in like a very positive place or, you know, in a very good direction. So my mom was just, you know, trying to find different things for me to, you know, have, have a, have a good place to, to put all that energy instead of getting into trouble a lot, which is what I was doing. Um, so I made sure she had me in like karate and then it was, um, and the other problem was I could never, I could never like finish anything. So I'd start one thing <laughs> and then I don't know, for some reason I, you know, I just, I lose interest or I get bored or whatever it was. Um, or I just want to go back to getting in some sort of trouble. So, I mean, you know, I did karate for a little bit. Didn't last very long. I ended up quitting that. And then, uh, I took up like guitar cause I'd always been a huge fan of guitar and there was always like, you know, uh, rock and roll music playing around my house. Um, you know, my mom's a big rock and roll fan and, uh, so I started doing that, you know, she sent me there, got me a guitar, the whole thing, right? And, you know, I had this crazy expectation that, like, as soon as I started, I'd, you know, be playing Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix and, you know, <laughs> Now in the Fire by Rage Against the Machine and all this, you know, all this, like, intricate, complicated stuff, right? You know, and then I get in there and start, you know, learning the guitar and I'm like, man, dude, this is just not what I thought. This is so boring. I don't want to learn this stuff. No overnight sensation, huh? No, man. <laughs> I think I lasted like a month, man, or something, something terrible like that. It was like a month or less, and gotcha. then I, yeah, you know, I quit that. Um, and then my my grandmother got me, uh, you know, brought home two DVDs one day because she she would always watch the old movies, right? And every time I was with her, I you know I'd, I'd, I'd watch the old you know the old black and white films with her. And um, she got me two DVDs one day, and it was uh, Some Like It Hot and On the Waterfront. And I oh, love wow. Some Like It Hot. You know, I love Tony Curtis. I love Jack Lemmon. I love Marilyn Monroe. But when I saw On the Waterfront and I watched Marlon Brando for the first time, I was like, wow, man. I was like, I, was like, I don't know, but like whatever, whatever he's doing, like I want to learn how to do that. So... You know, my, my family was always trying to get me to, like, at least try and go to a drama school to see how I liked it. Because even when I was a little kid, I'd always be able to just memorize movies, you know. Like, I mean, when I was a little kid, I could start talking. I'd start, you know, memorizing The Jungle Book and whatever Disney movies I was into at the time, you know. Um, so my mom, especially, would always really push you. She'd go try it, go try it, give it a shot, you know, go try it. And I was always very resistant to it. And then one day, I, I don't know what happened, and maybe it was watching on the waterfront, but after that, something just kind of gave in. And I said, okay, cool. So I'll give it a try. And I think I must have been, yeah, I must have been like the very beginning of high school. So I must have been a freshman at that point. 
And they, you know, her, my grandmother, my aunt, they all kind of like, you know, searched about town for, you know, what they felt would be a good school for me to go check out. And um, they stumbled upon the uh, the Lee Strasberg Theater uh, up there in, in West Hollywood. So they sent me there, um, and I was doing their young actors program. I think it was just like once a week. I think it was, um, I don't remember, maybe it was on like a Saturday or a Sunday. I think it was just one time a week. And I just fell in love with it, man. I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, you know, and it was a place that, one of the very few places I was always excited to go to. Um, and I never wanted to leave. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so I just had a blast, man. And, you know, again, I was a kid, so I was not, um, I was not in any way, you know, remotely having like any thoughts of like, oh, I could do this as a job. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about having a job. I was, you know, just being a teenager. Um, but, you know, I knew that people did it for a job. I knew that was a thing. Um, you know, so I did that for pretty much all of high school. I mean, I, my, my freshman to my senior year. And then, you know, I mean, classes in schools are, are, are expensive, you know. Um, and my, you know, my, my family didn't have, like, a whole lot of money growing up. Um, you know, my mom had to work multiple jobs. So it was, you know, it, it, was, it was difficult. It was a miracle that she was even able to keep me there for three years, you know. Um, but she did, you know, and she worked her ass off and, uh, you know, and kept me there and it kept me out of a lot of trouble. <laughs> that was another good thing. So she was happy about that. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, after that, um, you know, I graduated high school and, um, you know, unfortunately I just couldn't, we couldn't really afford to keep, you know, keep sending me, um, to, to the school. Um, so I had to stop. Uh, and, you know, by that time I was, you know, pretty much like right on the edge of graduating high school. Um, uh, and I needed to kind of start figuring out, you know, all right, what am I going to do? Um, and I was not a fan of school at all. <laughs> I think I spent more time out of the classroom, uh, than I did inside of one. <laughs> Uh, I was just, it just did it, you know, like I'm the kind of person there where like, if, if I'm going to learn something, I have to be interested in it. Otherwise uh, you just, uh, my attention is not going to get grabbed. I hear um, you. I had some of the same issues you know, myself, especially with math. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God. I'm, I'm like, dude, if, if, if the fate <laughs> of the world depended on me, like solving a math problem, I'm sorry, man. I'm just going to apologize. Right We're now. all doomed. I mean, We're in trouble. Yeah. Well, well, that makes two of man, us. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> bad at it, man. So it definitely makes me feel better to to, to know that there's uh, I'm not the only one at this. But American history, world history, uh, you know, English, those type of subjects, I, I really enjoyed so much. Dude, that's so crazy because it was the same with me, man. The same exact thing with me. That's so cool. Um, yeah, I loved all that stuff, man. I still love it to, to this day, man. Like, I'll... I'll oh, constantly yes. watch documentaries about, you know, either American history or world history or history of like ancient civilizations. Like that's how fascinating. Well, Alexander, I'll share this with you. I've been studying World War II since I was a very young boy. And my grandparents who actually raised me, I called them mom and dad as well, bought me oh, wow. a set of encyclopedias. So we're talking pre-internet here. We're talking the 80s. Right, right. And 
I became very interested in World War II. I used to get books out at the library, watch a lot of movies from World War II. And to this day, I still continue my studying of that horrifying conflict, how complex that war was on so many levels. It still fascinates me today, and I'm still learning new stories. You think that I might run out of, like, potentially new things to learn about, but that is far from the case. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? Like, I mean, out of, out of all the wars in American history, it's, it's, that one is just, like, it's just the most fascinating, man. I, I, it, it really I, like, is. I mean, for me, I, yeah, like, I don't even, I don't know how to describe it, man. There's just something about it that's just so much, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it's, it's very captivating, man. And, and, and yeah, like you said, it's incredibly complex, um, you know, and, you know, I think I think maybe uh, you know it could be wrong, and, may, and and I think maybe this you know this might just be be my feeling on it. But I think one of one of the things about it that I think is um, is such a draw and keeps it so interesting for people too is is the 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 era in which it was in. You know, I feel yes. like that time. You know that you know like like you know good you know like maybe the thirties, forties, fifties, and all that is just like people. I don't know. There's something about that time that I feel like it's just absolutely fascinating to people, man. Just, you know, something about it. I, I don't even know how to describe it, man, but it's just everything as a whole, you know, like the people at the time, the, you know, the, the way they dress, the way the cars look, the way it, you know, so it's, yes. I think it has that going for it too. You know what I'm saying? It was a part of this, this point in time that I feel like, you know, was just, I mean, as they say, like the golden age, right? You know, in American history or you know, the golden age of Hollywood, it was just done, you know, it was done during a time that was yeah, just so fascinating. I think still is fascinating to people to this day. So, yes. you know, it, 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 it makes sense why people still very much, you know, engage in, in learning about that particular conflict, you know. And Alexander, you know, this probably better than anybody with your military service is, you know, I'm sure it's been discussed with um, others that you encountered during your service, but some people don't really realize America was like a sleeping giant. We weren't necessarily, you know, the military force that we would become. Uh, we were actually kind of behind on the eight ball in many ways, weren't we, compared to uh, Japan and Germany. Yeah, man. A lot of people don't yeah, realize dude. we were really like a sleeping giant. A hundred percent, man. I think, you know, I think you actually, I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing, to be honest with you. I think you really hit that, hit, hit that on the head, man, is because everybody loves an underdog story, right? Everybody. That's right. Every, every human being in every walk of life, loves the underdog story, right? There's just something fascinating to people about some, you know, someone or a group of people that's just really behind it. You know what I'm saying? And, and somehow by, by a miracle, you know what I'm saying? They're the ones that come out on top, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's probably one of the biggest draws and you're a hundred percent right. We were so, 
so behind at that time. <laughs> and Alexander, so like you, behind. you brought it up so well. Uh, that time period, right? Um, first of all, the ladies had wonderful hair, didn't they? <laughs> There's something right, about that yeah, time period. Hundred uh, percent. Women just dressed differently back then, and I, I always love movies from the the, the late '30s and. and early to mid 40s but um right, right. after that war technology really kind of started to go in a different direction didn't it so in a way it's fortunate that it wasn't like 10 years later right 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 no 100 percent. because things would 100%. be getting more advanced in technology and all of that well thank you for sharing your thoughts on on that uh, conflict known as World War II. I appreciate it. Now, Alexander, I'm very curious. Your mother, wow. She sounds like a, a, a just a, such a terrific lady trying to get you involved with something that you can be passionate about and focused on and, and keep, you, keep you on the straight and narrow, right? And not get you into too yeah, much trouble. Yeah. But I'm just wondering, <laughs> you mentioned earlier, you said you didn't really see yourself like doing it necessarily as a job. So is that how you ventured towards military service because you just thought, well, I enjoy this, but I don't know if I can do it as a career, at least at that point. Yeah, man. So, <clears throat> so that's definitely, that's, that's, I would say definitely a piece of it. Okay. You know, uh, the thing was, is that, like I said, you know, I, I, I was nigh on interested in most of schooling, right. Besides a couple of the subjects that, that you and I share in common that we're, both interested in, excuse me. Um, but you know, because of that, you know, I, I, I did not like, I did not get good grades then. Like, I think the only A I ever really got consistently was like PE. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, just I had an A in lunch, have... just so you know. Oh, dude, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you know, so I, I just, I, you know, so my, what is it? Uh, the GP, my GPA was just not good, man. So like by the time I was getting ready to finish high school, I, I mean, there was, I was not going to even remotely get into college. Like I would have to go to a community college first, do X amount of years that you're supposed to do there. And then I can transfer. And I'm just like, well, man, I don't even like fucking school. Like, why am I going to? Um, sorry, I just swore. I don't know if that's okay, but <laughs> you scratch that out by then. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I definitely was not, you know, first off, I didn't even have the grades to go into college. And then also I was just lacking the interest. And at the time, you know, I, I needed some sort of, I needed some sort of guidance, you know, because, you know, my, you know, I had a stepfather that was in my life for a time that was not the greatest. And then he disappeared. You know, my biological father was never, never around. Um, so I didn't have, you know, I didn't have that, uh, that, that male role model in my life, you know what I'm saying? And I think, mm -hmm. I think a lot of that, you know, probably contributed to, you know, my, my, you know, lack of discipline and lack of guidance and sure. you know, probably a lot of getting into trouble all the time, you know, but, you know, during, you know, I mean, during that time, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, Iraq was already going on. Afghanistan was already going on. 
And was you know, I mean, it was all over the you know, it was obviously all over the news. And you know, I mean, two thousand one was you know still very fresh in a lot of people's minds. Um, you know, and we were kind of in the heat of things at that time. And you know, I anytime I you know I you know and my mom would have the news on, or you know my grandmother would have the news on, or anything like that. Um, you know, I'd always see kids that you know just look not even that much older than me, maybe some of the same age as me at the time. Um, cause I was already 18 by the time I, you know, before I even graduated high school. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I felt this sense of like, you know, man, this just doesn't feel right that I'm here and they're over there. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like I, I, I should go do something, you know? Um, and that's kind of what happened, you know, I, I, uh, it's kind of a funny story how I even got recruited. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was, I was walking home one day, uh, from school and the recruiters at the time would, uh, they would always hang out kind of, um, on the steps of like the auditorium, you know, where they'd have all the school plays and, uh, you know, all the, the, uh, you know, the big events where, you know, everybody would gather into the auditorium kind of thing. And, uh, I just remember, yeah, I had my headphones in and listening to my music. I was walking home and I don't know, I don't know why, I don't know why, man. I just, I looked over to my left and there was this Marine recruiter there. And for some reason, again, I don't know why, I just gave him this really unpleasant look. And then I see him looking at me. And he's starting to like, you know, wave his hand and he's saying something, but I can't hear because my headphones are in. And all I'm thinking was, oh, great, man. I'm going to get beat up, man. Like, I don't know what I just did, but I just totally messed up. I need to get out of here. And then he came, you know, he came down, he stopped me and we just started talking and he was like, Hey, you know, like, you know, he's my car and come check this out. Yada, yada, yada. Told me a little bit about himself, you know, what he does. Snap. Uh, and so I, you know, so I did. And then from there, you know, um, I went into something called the delayed entry program. Um, and I think I spent pretty much the rest of the rest of my senior year in that. Um, and, and all that really is, is it's kind of like, it's kind of their way of, of, of very softly introducing you into their world kind of thing. So, you know, you like, you meet up once a week, you learn a little bit about, you know, the, the Marine Corps specifically each week, you know, they take you on runs and, you know, just kind of give you a very soft introduction to kind of that world, you know? Um, and that's what I did. And then eventually I, you know, I, I got ready to graduate. I graduated and I had already signed everything um, before I graduated because I was 18. So I, yeah, I didn't need my mom's permission or anything like that. Um, and yeah, man, and then it wasn't long after that. I was getting picked up at like four o'clock in the morning and I disappeared for the next three and a half months in boot camp um, and came back a Marine, uh, you know, and then within a year, you know, I was, was on deployment. Um, you know, I went straight to Iraq and, uh, you know, just the thing is, is that no matter how much time had passed, I never stopped thinking about acting. Never, ever stopped. Anytime I'd watch a movie or a TV show, you know, or I, I got the chance to be in a movie theater, it was always on my mind. 
always on my mind. It just never went away. You know, and especially if I was in a movie theater, man, I'd be sitting there daydreaming about, you know, my face being up there, you know, and, and being the one, you know, helping to tell that story. And every time I leave a movie theater, man, I just, I would just get this, you know, the butterflies in my stomach and I would just, you know, I'd get these goosebumps, man. And I'm just like, man, that's just, I love this stuff so much, you know? Um, and that was all the way through, you know, leaving drama school, my senior high school, joining the military, you know, so by the time I was getting ready to get out, you know, from the military, you know, it's been like over 12 years since I had done any acting. And, you know, I was doing something else at the time, um, when I was getting ready to, to get out because I'd, I'd always been able to draw too. Uh, you know, um, and I started getting quite a bit of tattooing done, probably more than I should have, but you know, <laughs> military culture is very much, you know, everybody loves the tattoos, man. So it's very much a part of that culture too. So, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> so, you know, but that being said, you know, I was like, all right, well, you know, I do know that, I'm not here for life, so I, I am going to get out. But what am I going to do? So I just started thinking. I was like, well, you know, I mean, I'm essentially essentially like a walking coloring book. So I like tattoos. I like to draw. All right, well, I guess maybe I'll go try that out. So, you know, I ended up checking out this, uh, this one tattoo shop over uh, down on Venice near the beach. Not, not on Venice Beach, but like the Lincoln area. Um, so it's not exactly on the beach. Um, but, uh, you know, so I went down there, um, and on my last appointment, you know, I was doing all this kind of drawing, right. You know, just trying to get some semblance of like, uh, you know, like a portfolio together to, to, to bring into them. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm like, none of this stuff was like that great. I definitely would say it showed potential. And I think that's what helped me, but it was not like, you know, I had never gone to art school or anything like that. You know, it was always just mm -hmm. kind of a, a use of just like kind of a natural ability, I guess, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, but there was nothing, nothing quite refined about it. I didn't know technique or anything like that. So that, you know, I was lacking in all that stuff. Um, so I went in there with my, you know, my goofy little notepad and, you know, I was like, yeah, like it's, you know, don't really know how this works, but I got recommended, you know, to come check you guys out. And stuff. So, and they were nice enough to like, give me a shot. You know, they took me into their wing and I think, you know, for like the last two, almost two years that I was in, you know, any chance I was able to go from Camp Pendleton, you know, in San Diego to Venice Beach in LA, I would, you know, I'd get in my car and I'd drive down and I'd go put in my apprenticeship time there. Um, and then I can't remember exactly, but I'd been there for a while. Uh, I had already started like getting, you know, the permission to start tattooing friends and, and or myself and all that kind of stuff. So I was already like very kind of well into an apprenticeship at that point. And Modern Family decided to shoot an episode there. And the funny thing was, is that, you know, I, my mentality was, well, I'm here to tattoo. I'm not here to do anything else. Like this is, you know, this is the path I'm on. So I was being very stubborn about it. Right. But they needed extras and all the tattoo artists. So all my mentors wanted to be, wanted to be extras. Right. I was the only one that was, that was constantly refusing the, uh, the owner of the shop. I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm good. Yada, yada, you know, 
she's trying to go around taking pictures of everybody and I'm trying to like not have my picture taken. And funny enough, out of everybody that wanted to do it versus the one knucklehead that was pretending to not be interested, even though secretly I was like, oh, dude, I would love that. You know what I'm saying? They asked me to go be an extra. Now, I did not show up at all in that episode. I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever seen the episode. But what happened that night when they shot it was kind of the defining moment. And I didn't really realize it because I guess I was kind of just, as they say, in the moment, you know, about everything. Um, but, you know, that that love for acting, that love for theater, that love for film, um, I mean, really just, I mean, like, I, I guess just radiated all over me because, like, the next day, I was, you know, back to the normal order of business at the tattoo shop. Um, and I was sitting down drawing one night with one of my mentors and it, it was get back getting ready to close. And I was, was just sitting there trying to think, I'm like, man, how am I going to tell everybody that I, I, I think I really found the path I'm supposed to be on. Like, how do I do that? You know, because, the tattoo world is very close knit. You know, there's no school that you can go to. Like, you know, it is very much an old school apprenticeship. Like people have to like, you have to prove yourself to be taken under somebody's wing. And then if somebody does that, you know, they're devoting a lot of their time to you, all of their experience and the knowledge that they've learned. And, you know, and a lot of people, you know, sometimes will take that and, and run off, you know? So Tattoo artists are, are very protective of that because, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, kind of act unfavorably, you know what I'm saying, once they kind of get what they need. Um, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to hurt anybody, you know what I'm saying? So I, I was really nervous about how I was going to explain this to them and, and just tell them that, like, you know, thanks for your time, but I, 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 I think I'm done. Uh, cause like I said, I was already about two years into that, you know, so a lot of time had been put into me, um, you know, and they were so gracious for doing that. Um, and I was kind of just dancing around telling one of my mentors and I think he just kind of figured it out and he was just like, he kind of just stopped drawing and he just looked at me for a second and he was just like, you want to be an actor, don't you? And I kind of looked around and I was just like, oh, I, did nobody else hear that? Cause like, I, you know, I didn't. I was just worried I was going to get in trouble, you know, because as soon as somebody would hear, I was going to think about leaving. It was just like, ah, you know, so I was getting all nervous about it. And, uh, and I just kind of looked around for a minute and then I sheepishly was just like, you know, I was like, yeah, I, I, I think so. Man. I, I think that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And he was like, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, man, because when they were here shooting that show, I'd never seen you like that before. Out of, the, out of the two years that I've known you, I've never seen you like that. I was like looking at a completely different person. I'd never seen you smile that much. I'd never seen you that happy. I mean, I get it, man. You know? So, I mean, you're good in my book, you know? Um, and everybody kind of just followed suit from there and noticed the same thing. And I was like, I was like, wow. I was like, all right. Like, I guess that gut feeling is really on the right track here. That's what I'm supposed to go. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so I did, I, I, you know, I left the tattoo shop and, um, 
I reached out funny enough to an old teacher of mine named John Ennis, who and is an incredible human being and an incredible artist. And he's one of the funniest people I know. Um, and you know, I think I was about, I don't know, maybe six months away from getting out. And I just sent him a, I think it was a message on like Facebook. Like, you know, I had Facebook at the time. I just, you know, you know, Hey, sir, I don't know if you remember me. I was one of your students, you know, way, way back when. And he was like, of course, he's like, of course I remember you. He's like, I have this theater company come down and, you know, like check it out. And I was like, okay. So then I'd start going from San Diego to like, you know, close to, I don't know, close to like, you know, downtown LA, man. And I'd start going to this, you know, little theater group and like, just kind of softly reintroducing myself back into that world. And I just said to myself, I was like, all right, you know, if, if in the next six months, if I'm still doing this and I still feel the exact same level of enthusiasm about this, then this is what I need to get out and do. And, and, and if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Like I do everything else. I'm going to a thousand, a thousand and one percent is going into this man. Um, and that's exactly what happened. And I got out, um, and for about a year, I think around a year or so, I was waiting for my GI bill to, to kick in. And that's when I used to go to school. Uh-huh. Um, and in between that, I was doing, um, you know, like some extra stuff, just kind of like going to be around the set and, you know, seeing what that was like. So I did a couple, uh, uh, a couple of extra gigs. I don't remember which shows they were, but, um, but yeah, so I started doing that to kind of further getting my feet wet, you know. Um, and then I went back to school, man, and I went back to the same school, Lee Strasberg School, and I was um, the one I went to as a kid. Did their two-year conservatory program, and you know, I just been just been fighting the good fight ever since, and um, you know, so sure have, and so, yeah. it's obvious to me how it stayed with you despite being in the service and away from home and then even returning back home, it was still festering there within you. And what an experience when you really tap into that and you go, you know what? It's more than just a hobby to me. I I really do want to be a part of this. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the interesting thing is too, man, is that, um, and it's funny because I was actually talking with, uh, um, uh, a SEAL buddy of mine not too long ago about the same thing. Um, and we were both like very much on the same page about it. And, um, you know, because when we're on deployments, man, it's like half the time, all, all we have is a laptop with a hard drive with, you know, hundreds of movies on it. You know what I'm saying? And it's mm-hmm. like, it's also like a communal thing, you know, for when we have time, if you're not, you know, you know, if you're on your rest rotation, you know, you're not, you don't have to go be on post or you don't have to be on patrol or, you know, whatever. And you're, you know, your platoon's on their, you know, their little, their little rest block. Everybody gets together and wants to watch a movie, you know what I'm saying? Because one, you know, obviously it, it grants you that escapism. And then two, it's another little taste at home. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And it's something all of us can do, can experience and share together. Um, that's a big treat with, with meaning behind yeah. it. Yeah, man. And everybody loves movies too. And then, you know, like I said, you know, me and, uh, and, and then a steel buddy of mine were, were talking and I said, I was like, you know, it's crazy too. I was like, you know, what's, what's 
really incredible about this particular art form, one of the incredible things about it, is that no matter who you are, no matter where you are on the planet, um, no matter if both your countries are at war, that is one thing that we will all constantly share. We love movies, and whoever the bad guy is at the time loves the movies, too. And I mm-hmm. bet you they love the same movies, too. And he was telling me, yeah, man, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's crazy, man. There's, you know, there's times, you know, we were, you know, running, running ops, you know, when we were, you know, taking intel back to, you know, back to base or whatever. And you just see piles of American DVDs, man. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, dude, like, how crazy is that? It's this, it's definitely one yeah. thing that really kind of brings everybody together, you know, um, so, you know, even in the military, to some degree, I was still surrounded by it, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's just, it has its power, man, you know? And and I also see this as, you know, I see this art as, as just a continuation of, 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 of service, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I do see art, all forms of art, as a service a human being is providing to their fellow human beings. You know what I'm saying? Um, Absolutely. And I think story, storytelling, you know, especially is a big part of that. You know what I'm saying? Otherwise, you know, it, it wouldn't be around for as long as it's been around, you know, it's, it's, it's important, you know? Um, and it is a service because it, it, it can educate people. It can, it can, you know, it can make people, discover truths about themselves that maybe they weren't aware of, or maybe they were ignoring and it can give them that courage to face them. You know, it can tell you a little bit about history, you know what I'm saying? So it can be educational in that aspect, you know, and, and create um, empathy towards others when you can kind of go, you know, if I was in their shoes, my goodness, things would be different for me and, and and can create empathy towards others. A hundred percent, man. I think that's definitely one of the biggest superpowers that it has, man. It can really put you in somebody else's shoes, man. You know what I'm saying? And it can really, it can really impact people, man. You know, um, I mean, it can alter the course of somebody's life sometimes, you know, a good story, you know, a story that they can really relate to that makes them feel that, you know, oh, wow, dude, okay, like I'm not alone or man, you know, if, if, you know, if Terry Malloy can do it, then man, you know, gee, so can I, you know, or, you know, name whoever your favorite character might be, you know, it's Rocky or whatever. It's like, you know, it shows you that the impossible, like there really is no such thing, man. It's like, you know, if you, if you want it, you can achieve it. If you, you know, you just, you can do, you can do whatever you put your mind to. And, um, yeah, man, it's just story. It's just very powerful, man. You know? Um, and I, I felt like, it was, you know, it, it was, it was my responsibility to continue to do that, man, to just be of service to other people, man. And instead of, you know, doing it in a uniform with a rifle, you know, I'll get in front of a camera and get on a stage and tell you a story, you know? Um, so yeah, man. Absolutely. Really and you know, you mentioned that. the underdog spirit when we were talking about the Second World War, but also film. You, you mentioned Rocky, and you had me thinking of a film from the 80s that I, I cherish so much, The Natural with Robert Redford. 
and his portrayal of Roy oh, Hobbs. Yeah, and wow, you yeah, talk about dude, a never great, give great up movie. story and, and, and inspirational. I mean, there's an, a prime example right there. A hundred percent, man. And it's like, I feel like those stories in particular are like, those are the ones that like definitely everybody can latch on to because at any point in someone's life, you are the underdog, man. So everybody can relate to what that feels like. You know what I'm saying? Especially if, if there's a specific, like a specific thing that you want to achieve or something you want to do, right? Because it, it's funny, right? It's almost like, you know, it's like the universe has a, has a, has a strange sense of humor, right? Because it's like, as soon, as soon as you develop, one develops the courage to, to, to ask the universe for what they want and then not be afraid to go get it. It's like the universe is like, okay, all right. I, I, I see you. All right. You know, let's, let's do this, but let's see how bad you want it first. You know exactly. Before I really yes. put in the work to help you. So it's like, as soon as you make that known out there, man, into the ether, it's like all the challenges just start piling up, man, and piling up. And it's like, you know, you don't, you don't have the luxury of knowing when you're going to finally finish that race. You know what I'm saying? You just got to have that, that blind faith and that trust in yourself that, all right, cool. Well, uh, you know, I heard uh, somebody put it in a, a really great way is that like, you know, are you willing to sprint when the distance is unknown? You know, it's like you just got to blindly go head first, full tilt into that journey man, and just trust the process, you know, and, and love the process. And, and that's any, any, any path that, you know, you as a human being chooses, man, and that in itself is already an underdog story, man, because you got to fight from the bottom to get to the top, you know? Um, so that's why I feel like those movies, you know, those films in particular are so impactful, man, and people just can immediately relate to and appreciate because it's, it's everybody's story. And, and how do military so, folks like yourself, like when you're in the service, um, did you and your, uh, uh, you know, those that you served with, was there a collective thought that Hollywood was getting, films that depict military service, right? Uh, were they doing the job properly? Uh, did many of you go, wow, look, they, they really get it. They, they, they really are showing this, you know, what we might experience. Um, I mean, obviously, there's always productions that try to exploit things, right? So maybe we can put those productions on the side. But what about ones that like, like, you know, that, that, that are serious with what they're trying to portray um did many of you feel that hollywood was getting that right or do you feel that there was things that were being overlooked no yes that's a great question um so i would definitely and if it's okay to name drop um you know I'll, i'll throw a couple films out there but like when you start looking at films like you know, Saving Private Ryan is definitely one of them. You know what I'm saying? That I mean, but you know, that came out a while ago, but also that was just so well done, you know, and the authenticity that was, um, the care in which, you know, how much of how authentic it was that was put in there was really, it really showed, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, from, you know, later on, it's like, you know, you start looking at films like, like Fury, uh, or Lone Survivor, and then you start seeing these films, like, wow, man, they're really, like, 
they're really getting it, man. Like they're, you know, it's like, you know, even down to like some of the relationships between, between the guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, you look at some of the scenes in like Fury, you know, when they're driving down the road in the tanks and, you know, they're, uh, yeah, just some of the, some of the off colors, like really kind of <laughs> just dark humor, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And just, you know, they, you know, they would have going on with each other, you know, and it was just like, ah, oh, man, it's like, yeah, dude, like, <laughs> that's, yeah, it's like, I've been there, you know, it's like, I know what that is, like, yeah, that's cool, man, you know, and then, you, you know, you look at, you know, things, you know, films like Lone Survivor, and then, you know, you have, you know, you have people that are there on set, like, you know, some, some great friends of mine, like, you know, Ray Mendoza and, and Mike Sowers and, you know, these, you know, these guys were real Navy SEALs and, mm-hmm. you know, they, they really knew the guys that were, you know, um, part of Operation Red Wings that, you know, the story was about Marcus Luttrell and, you know, Lieutenant Michael Murphy and, um, and, uh, you know, you just see the, like the, the level of, um, authenticity and the tactics and the movements and the way the guys communicated and, you know, it's, it was it, even on that sense, you know what I'm saying? Uh, from the tactical perspective. Um, and you know, that was one of the most, I think, incredible things among the many incredible things, but one of definitely the most incredible things about Terminalist is that, you know, this, as far as I, as far as I understand, you know, it had, it was definitely, it's a set that has had, I think the most veterans like in front of and or behind the camera, I, I think so far. Um, and it really showed man, because you know, oh, yes. it, it, the, the, the level of meticulous detail and all of like the tactical stuff from everything, you know, the movements, the hallway clearing, the, the, the changing of levels in a gunfight, you know, the, the way crystal, you know, um, you know, uh, conduct his, re- you know, his reloads, you know, um, going on, you know, his non-dominant shoulder with his rifle as he's, you know, clearing a staircase or something like that. You know, it's all of these little things, man, you know, it, it, it I think that degree of authenticity has really not been shown before. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it was amazing you that know, opening of, segment of uh, uh, the terminal list. You're you're right. The, the, just uh, wow! Like it, it, it was so impressive how everything was displayed so accurately. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and 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 you know, again, that's just a huge you know a tribute to you know everybody that just like I said really poured their their heart and soul into this thing, man. I, I mean, yes. at every level. It shows. From the grip to the lighting department. Yeah, you know, to the wardrobe, to the makeup department, to the hair department, to just everything in it, you know, in bet- I mean, just the whole team. It was just, I mean, it was, it was just, you know, it was like, sometimes like it was just overwhelming of just like how invested everybody is. And it was just like, wow, man, this is so cool, dude. You know what I'm saying? It, it almost really kind of like tugged on your heartstrings, dude, just to see how much everybody was so invested in this, you know? Um, and, you know, Dave DiGiulio, the, the, the showrunner, and, you know, um, 
John Schumacher, one of the producers, and, uh, you know, uh, Max Adams, who's also a veteran, you know, who, who was writer and producer on the show. So everybody was so committed just to making this the best thing that they possibly could do. And then, you know, Chris, I mean, I, I remember there was, there was, was one, it was probably one of the, the nights when I was, I think I was about ready to like fully be wrapped of my, my bit in the show. And I, I, I was watching Chris do uh, one of the action scenes and, you know, once it was all done, yeah, I was just, you know, I went over and we, you know, I, we just started talking. I was just telling him, I was just like, dude, my mom was like, I, I, I you know, I really hope you understand like how awesome it is, like how how well you're making all of this look, man, and like you know how much so many veterans are really gonna appreciate that, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's gonna hit them all in the heart, dude. I mean, it's really gonna it's really gonna make them happy, man. And it was just it was really impressive, man. You know, I mean, he had great teachers, you know, he had Jared Shaw and Ray Mendoza and, you know, the uh, real seals, man. And, you know, those guys are, are you know, they're the real deal, man, you know, and, you know, they're, you know, having teachers like that, man. I mean, you know, it, of course you're going to, you're going to be good. Right. You know what I'm saying? But just to see how quickly he took on all this stuff and made it look so naturally, you know what I'm saying? Because you got to remember, man, like in the military, like, this is like thousands and thousands and thousands upon thousands of hours of practice and hundreds and thousands of rounds that have gone through your rifle or your machine gun or, you know, your sniper rifle or what, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, and just to see how he made it look like he had all that hundreds of thousands and thousands of hours of trigger time and wow. practice under his belt. You know what I'm saying? You're it's right. Like, it's it very impressive. Really, yeah. I mean, I, I totally yeah, no, bought I, that I, he was one of you guys. And, I mean, wow. It's just so impressive. Yeah, man. You know, and I, I think the other thing, too, that that, that, that helps, you know, um, is that, I mean, dude, everybody on this team was just incredibly nice incredibly nice. Oh, that is <laughs> I mean, I great catch to hear. Myself, I, yeah, dude, I catch myself like so many times throughout a day, man, <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, I, just can't, I can't believe like how, how cool everybody is here, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just how, how nice everybody is, you know, and it's like, you know, there was no egos walking around. There was no, there was just no negativity in any way whatsoever. It was literally like one big giant family, man, and it's like, I mean, all of us on the HRT team, you know, we still talk to this day, man, you know, and this, you know, we were done doing our part like last year, man. I mean, that's nuts, you know, um, and we still all talk to this day, man. I mean, you know, that's, well, that's how yeah, it should man, be. You know? And the results speak for themselves. That kind of uh, connection you all had in a, a pleasant and appealing set. I mean, that, that's saying so much why this turned out so good uh alexander i would love to get your just opinion on something as i'm watching the opening mm. uh, segment to the terminal list right the opening uh mm. scenes with the mission right wow i mean my goodness talk about 
being on the edge of your seat. Uh, one thing before I ask right. you this question or to get your thoughts on this uh, subject is, you know, one thing I just wanted to say is just how much I admire the bravery of people like you and others in this type of service because, I mean, literally, one false move, one slight looking the wrong direction, et cetera, et cetera, relying on each other. I mean, and it could be, it could be, that could be it or serious, serious injury. So what I'm trying to say is for me personally, I can sense that bravery, but while also realizing like, wow, this is incredibly dangerous, no matter how skilled you are. But I wanted to mention that up front. But also, you know what I find fascinating about this series, at least one area, is that of course, it's no secret that the mission goes horribly wrong. I mean, people find this out and, and very quickly, so I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything there. But um, right, right. isn't it kind of, um, it kind of jars you as a viewer because in theory, the Navy SEALs, I mean, a mission going that wrong is probably something that is more of a rarity, right? Or like, like something going to that extent, not as planned, um, I think that's what was really grabbing me is like, wow, something's just off here. Like something's really r- not right because it just seemed like there was too many things that they were not expecting that happened. Right, right, right. My, yeah, no, my question I, um... would be like, you know, in, in theory, uh, knowing your background, um, you know, that type of mission and everything, uh, Navy SEALs don't encounter such, um, let's say, defeats or uh, not things not going as planned. Is that true or do you know otherwise? So, so again, you know, I was, I was a Marine infantryman, so I, I was not, um, you know, I was not in the teams. Um, but from what I know um, and what I know from, you know, friends, you know, good friends that I have that were in the teams is that m- more, more SEALs end up um, getting killed in training than they do on actual missions, you know, because they keep the standards of training as realistic as they can get it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I, from, from just the knowledge that I have through friends of mine, something like that is, yeah, it's, 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 it's not, it's, it's not a, it it is a rarer. Yeah. Like if this really Uh, happened, it would be shocking, wouldn't it? If it got it. I mean, if you read this in a newspaper, you'd be like, what? That many came home, you know, um, that did not make the mission. And but that's the great thing about this series is Pratt knows that something was not right, or it really starts to hit him. You know, as he starts to venture home and gets home, you know, flashbacks. I like that approach at times, and it's kind of it's fascinating to to to, to put it all together. And I have to tell you, as a viewer, I wondered if he was partially also having just trouble with his memory or some sort of, um, uh, you know, after effect from, from his experience, which, you know, soldiers can experience, of course. And I just wondered, like, is he actually like slightly dis- delusional or what's going on here? And that was also another uh, brilliant approach to the series. Yeah. And that, that, that's so, that's so cool, man. Cause like I consistently keep, uh, 
keeps hearing that too, man. So it's just another <laughs> kind of thumbs up that like, you know, everybody, everybody accomplished their mission, man. And yeah, I think that's, that's one of the, that's one of the things that I think, you know, of the many things that keeps you so engaged in it is like, you're just constantly asking yourself that question. I'm like, dude, what is it? Is it was it real? Did it really happen? Or yeah. like, is, is it, you know, was, is, is it, did it not happen? Like, you know, so yeah, it was a really cool little element that, uh, you know, that was put in there, man. Um, you know, so yeah, it, it's just crazy, man. You know how well done it was, dude. And, and, and again, like I said, I think mean, that's just, you know, it's just a testament to, you know, everybody's, everybody's efforts, and, you know, yeah, man, you know, and it, there's just so many talented people. And you know that, and, remember you know, that bar that scene with Pratt when he's sitting there after he's, you know, back and he's just really distraught and i think the doctor said don't drink or something don't have alcohol in the next scene he's drinking and mm -hmm. he's talking right, right, right to right. his associate his, his his friend comrade but when the right. other person comes in and he looks over he's not there and and that was like the moment where i'm like was that person even there you know so i i just i really like this the directional approach and the script and um you know congratulations to you and everybody involved. I am very curious. Were you involved with assisting and training of any of the actors? Uh, no. So I, gotcha. I, I was not, um, the funny, the interesting, so the interesting thing was, is, uh, is that the, the HRT team that I'm a part of, all of us are veterans. Two, two of the guys I actually knew well before even stepping onto the set. Um, so that was also kind of cool. Cause now I got to play pretend with my friends, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and make some new ones. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, like, all, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was interesting too, man, because like for me, there was like some moments, you know, with like any like tactical stuff I had to do. I was just like, I was like, man, dude, I feel like it's been so so long, dude, I, you know, I was starting to like get a little insecure about it. I'm like, yeah, I hope I remember this stuff. And then, you know, just much to my surprise, man, it's just crazy how, how it, it's, it's like it never left, you know what I'm saying? It's like, if you, if you asked me to, you know, go clear a room for you, like I could do it, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't need any practice. It's like, I, I something just kind of clicks back into my brain and it's like, I, I, you know, I, I know what to do. And I also, you know, just had really great teachers too, man. So again, you know, I got to give credit where it's due, you know? Um, so, yeah. you know, but for all of us, you know, we didn't, we didn't really, you know, we didn't need, I, I guess any, you know, we didn't need any, any extra training, you know? Um, and, you know, Ray Mendoza, the, um, the, uh, the, the, you know, military advisor on set, man, who's fantastic human being, by the way, um, just such a great dude. Um, he, you know, he would always just tell us like, nah, you know, it's like, you guys know what you're doing. You're good. And he's always very diligent and watching and paying attention. And, you know, he, um, he's very, very good at his job, man. I mean, very good at his job. Um, you know, but, you know, as far as the training goes, yeah. Like, you know, we, I didn't have to assist in, you know, in anything. Um, and, you know, as far as training for us goes, it kind of, you know, wasn't really a thing, you know? Yeah. Um, like I said, yeah, I, and the cool thing was too, is that like, 
we'd all kind of spot check each other too, man, which was like kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's yeah. like, wow, dude, it's like literally being back in the military all over again. It's like, <laughs> you know, you got somebody look, you know, having your back, man, you know, it's like, it's, you know, you just got laxed and just wasn't paying attention and, you know, held a, a maybe your rifle an incorrect way or something like that. You know, he, buddy would be like, dude, like, you know, this way. Right? And it's like, ah, oh, cool. Thank you, man. You know? Uh, <laughs> So that was just, yeah, so that was really cool too, man. So it's like, you know, just just like in a regular team or a platoon, man, it's like, you know, you're there, your buddies are looking out for you, man, and in and, and every single aspect and, you know, and making sure that, you know, each, each person's getting, you know, getting held to the standard and, and you Keep know. the standards going. Uh, yeah, man, you know. Well, I have um, viewed six episodes. I got two more to go. And uh, I cannot wait to finish it. I'll be finishing it tonight. And uh, I believe your first appearance is on episode six. Does that sound right to you? That's the one I just saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my my goofy butt shows up in six. <laughs> and your character actually <laughs> questions that. what's going on here a little bit. Like, I don't know. It doesn't like sound like the guy that I know. Referring to Pratt's character. And um, so when it, you know, I'm just wondering when it came for your moment to speak, I mean, was your stomach in knots or were you like, hey, I am ready for this? You know, it's interesting, man, because um, I guess this could be a good thing and also a curse at the same time. But I don't, and I think maybe a lot of it probably does come from being in the Marine Corps because, uh-huh. you know, in the Marine Corps, like nothing's ever good enough and everything has to be perfect and da 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 da. So, you know, anytime, you know, we do, we do a take, I would always, I would always like, I would get insecure about it. Like, damn, did, was that, did I really, did I really achieve what I was trying to do right there? Like, you know, did I, did, 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 you know, the thought I was trying to have there, did that come across? Sure. Like, did that resonate in the tone of my voice? Like yada, 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 you know, it's like, am I really, you know, am I really getting across, like, you know, all the ideas I have for this character? And it's like, you know, and there's this, it's funny, man, in between takes, you know, I'd go to, you know, my, one of you know, my good friend, uh, Nate Boyer, who's also, uh, you know, the, one of the guys that I worked with on the HRT team. Um, he, uh, I'm constantly telling him that he was up and, yeah, and, and bless his heart, man, for constantly being the voice of reason, man. But I just, I constantly got over it. I'd be like, dude, I feel like I'm failing, man. I feel like I'm messing all this stuff up, da 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 da, da. And he was like, dude, he's like, no, you're good, man. You're totally fine, man. Just keep doing your thing. And I'm like, all right, right, right. You know? Um, yeah, so you did an excellent I, job. I guess. Did a great job. I I appreciate that, man. Thank you, man. I, I, it really means more than you. And, and you'll I, be I, back in episode 10, you. I believe. Thank you. The la- or, excuse me, the episode 8, the last episode. Yeah, you, you will see me again. Great. You will see me again. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, as far as, like, as far as, as nerves go, I got to be honest with you, man. No matter, no matter what I do or no matter how many times I, I do it, I feel like they're... I feel like there's just, I, I, I always get a little bit nervous, man. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But I think, um, you know, I think when you really care about something, yeah, you're going to get, you're going to get nervous, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause it means you, you, you know, you, you, you really care about what you're doing, you know? So I don't think it's a bad no. thing. Uh, you know, now if it gets in the way, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the problem, you know, but that's, that's one of the great things about, you know, 
you know, attending, you know, a school, man, is they, they give you all these tools, man, you know, That's all these right. great tools to just put in your tool, you know, your toolbox, man, and as needed, you know, situation dependent, you know, you can pull them out at any time and, and, and put them to use, you know? So I think that's where, that's where schooling, excuse me, is, is very important, man, you know, and the proof is in the pudding and it, and it will be there for you when you need it on a set, you know, like it's yes. for me and it's there for you and it's there for, you know, countless other performers, you know, and what you put um, into something, chances are, that's what you're going to get back. So, you know, dedication's yeah, important. Yeah, and let me yeah. tell you, Alexander, uh, having spoken with a wide range of actors and artists, I can tell you that even the most experienced and best often have those moments of insecurity or are questioning themselves. Like, did I really do everything I wanted to in a scene? So fear not, you're doing a great job. And I look forward to seeing you down the road. Um, I would like to ask you, do you have any future projects around the corner or not sure yet about all that? Um, so I'm right, I am writing my, uh, my own feature film. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm in the, I'm in the process of that okay. with, uh, with, uh, my mentor who's also my writing partner. Um, so I'm, you know, Very I'm, exciting. I'm gaining, you know, yeah, I'm gaining that experience, man. And, um, you know, I never, ever thought I'd do that, man. I mean, I'd be honest with you. Like every time anybody would ever tell me, oh, you gotta like, you know, you know write your own stuff, man. I write something out of something in my head. I'm just like, dude, I'm not a writer, man. I'm an actor. <laughs> I don't even like think my brain, I don't even think my brain even works that way. And I was like, I don't even know how you do that. Like, yeah. you know, and yet here I am, you know, all of a sudden writing my own thing. So I got, you know, I have that. And then I'm supposed to be doing uh, the other half of, a short I shot back in, I want to say, I want to say 2020, um, uh, with the director named Scott Sloan, who's an incredible director, mm. incredible guy all around. Um, and we're going to be doing a part two of what we had shot then to kind of turn it into like, you know, at least, uh, I guess like a, like a 20, 30 minute short, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, so we're just you know putting part one and part two together, and then I think we're just gonna you know blast the festival circuit with it and see where that goes. And um, so I have that that I'm supposed to go do, I believe, sometime next month. Um, so I was just talking with them about it. Uh, I don't know, maybe like a, a week or two ago, and they're just waiting on some some location stuff. So so I have that going on. Um, that's great. And then, uh, you know, and then, yeah, man. So then it's just, you know, back to the, you know, well, back to the audition grind, man. And you have you a know. nice Instagram page, which I've really enjoyed. So if someone's listening and they're like, hey, I want to check this guy out some more. What is your Instagram handle? Yeah, so uh, so that is, that is the only one I okay. have. Um, so you're not going to find me on anything else. Just Instagram. Um, <laughs> okay. But, uh yeah, so it's just, you know, at Alex Angelikis, um, you know, all all together one thing. Um and, and that's it. That's that's where you could find me. Um I'm not on there all the time <laughs> but uh but that's the only one I got. Like I don't you know, I don't have Twitter or no no uh, no Facebook, gotcha. no no. One no is enough for like you. That. So that's, that's, that's <laughs> definitely the place you can find me. One is 
One is enough, man. Definitely. Well, I'll tell you what, I, that, that's kind of appealing yeah. to think about, where you just have one to kind of put your attention on instead of three or four. So, um, and, and Instagram's a lot of fun with the photos and things like that. And thank you for all the, the support that you've given me and, and nice comments, and I really appreciate that. Oh yeah, dude! You kidding me, man? Hey, we're 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 all in this together, man. It's, you know what I'm saying? Teamwork makes the dream work, bro. So, you know, we're we got to be here to support and 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 show love and appreciation and respect to one another, man. It's you know it's it, it's the only way that the world goes around in the right way. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we got to keep carrying that well you know, said. carrying that torch. Man. Well, thank you, uh, Alexander, for being my special guest today. I really respect and admire all that you've accomplished. And I know you have a lot of great things to come down the road. So thanks once again for joining me and discussing the Terminal List on Amazon Prime. Just an out, amazing, amazing series. Very engrossing and, and high quality. And I strongly recommend it to folks. Uh, Stephen, I, I can't thank you enough, brother. I mean, it means, means the world to, to be on here and, and have the opportunity to, to chop it up and, and, and speak with you, man. I absolutely enjoyed this, man. It was really, really a great pleasure to be able to sit and talk with you. So thank you. You can receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in. Hollywood and Beyond Podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by Stephen Brittingham. Thank you for listening.